Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 299 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, cool things I've borrowed or stolen during the 24 years I've been in this business, from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested and continue to invest in training and education and to give it all away in a no-nonsense no BS kind of a way. So let's crack on. Today I had a really interesting chat with one of my bass guitar students today. Quite often discussions go way beyond music. Today was one of those days. She's a very smart lady. She's actually a retired college lecturer in one of the life sciences. And she played piano as far as grade five when she was a child. Now she plays bass guitar with her husband and some friends. She's an absolute ton of fun to teach. She's funny, energetic, vivacious, million questions, and just a bundle of energy. So it's great fun to sort of really get in amongst her assumptions about learning to play and challenge them on an intellectual level. See, most of her old thinking about music and about herself as a player have been absolutely destroyed because she had a lot of imagined difficulties and most of those imagined difficulties seem to have hung their heads in shame and slunk off into obscurity and it's fundamentally changing her ideas about who she is in relation to music her expectations and beliefs about herself have shifted so massively and something that's happened repeatedly over the last mo- several months that we've been working together is that she realizes music is much simpler and much easier than she thought and than she'd been led to believe. This is a really common problem where today's adult learner is coming back to music, scarred by youthful exposure to the diktats and prejudices of academic musicians, exam boards and let's call them uncreative teachers. You see, she grew up with the old-fashioned teaching methods of about 50 years ago. She told me it was just joyless, that the teacher was stuffy and wouldn't let her enjoy herself, that what she now understands to be very, very simple things were tucked away and hidden behind obstructive terminology and fancy words. And then, of course, she didn't get to play the music she wanted to play ever. She said the teacher was dogmatic and prohibited her from playing the fun stuff. The teacher's implicit message was that Anything not on the syllabus was to be avoided for fear of corrupting the right kind of music, i.e. the exam pieces. 
I hear this stuff all the time, and I'm sure you do if you're in the same line of business as I am. So the big part of my job is with students like this lady is to figure out how her thinking and cultural background have shut down her musical drive, made her creativity die down, and taken the joy out of play. That's in play in the sense of playing like a kid with a game or on a swing in a park somewhere. To figure all that stuff out and then spoil it for her. To break that programming so badly that she can't go back there ever again. And she talked to me about it today. And I really want to share a flavour of this conversation because it's really common. Some of her comments. She told me that because I break things down and explain why we do something as musicians, she can make sense of it and she can accept it. When she was told, just do this, she always wanted to ask why. But nobody could explain why. They just told her to play the piano more. She told me that she's a scientist and she doesn't fare well when she's operating without understanding what she's doing. That monkey see, monkey do kind of teaching makes her uncomfortable and makes her feel out of control. And when she feels out of control, she's stressed and she can't learn. So she likes it when I draw pictures and gradually add layers of information. Putting the foundation layer down first. Then the second layer when I'm sure that she understood the point of the first layer. And then another layer on top of that when she's understood the second layer. And then she told me she shared what I've taught her on the bass guitar with her husband. He's played guitar for more than 50 years. And the stuff that she's sharing with her husband is helping him to understand the instrument for the first time in his life. She told me that he should be coming for lessons too. How's that for a ringing endorsement? She told me that she likes it when I use simple words to explain something. And then she wonders why everybody else uses the usual fancy words. She thinks it's because they're trying to mask something simple behind a wall of fancy words, trying to make it seem more special, make it sort of mysterious and magical that they were keepers of special knowledge. And then she told me that they do the same thing in science, that the scientific community uses its own special language and terminology to speak to each other. And it's just wrong. She said that by using that fancy jargon, they stop other people from asking the right questions, from getting interested in sciences and making learning easier. Then she said it was all down to the church. The conversation spiralled in all directions from there. But I'm going to try and keep to the point. Because as we went on, examining the landscape around learning and the cultures around scientific and musical education, we found we had a great deal of agreement on several key points. As teachers... We should be simplifying everything. We make it so easy to understand that our students wonder why on earth nobody ever told them in that way before. It's some of my older students decades before. There's a great movie called Margin Call where the, the head honcho of a big financial institution 
asks one of the very junior guys to explain to him the situation as though he was speaking to a small child or a golden retriever. And I think sometimes you've got to go down to that level and assume absolutely no knowledge or understanding. It doesn't do any harm if we make things so simple that our students say, well, obviously, and what else? Because if they get it that clearly, we can secure every single progression along the way. We make damn sure the students got good foundations in place before we even think about building upon them. If they're not there yet, we've got to loop around and revisit the foundations again and again and again, taking slightly different or even radically different approaches each time. If the student doesn't learn, it's not because they're thick. It's because the teacher hasn't packaged the information in a way that the student is ready to receive it. And part of that is to cut out the bullshit language. Those fancy sounding words that make us seem clever. Erect a linguistic barrier between the student's understanding and the material. Those fancy sounding words should be taken outside and shot or at least gagged and tied up. We should be using plain, simple language to explain the subject. And when it's properly understood, maybe then we should consider hanging the bullshit label on it. Not dealing with a label first. That means cut out all the insider speak. Now we all know that to be accepted in any field, you have to speak the lingo. Because... In any field, if you can't use the right words, you won't be taken seriously in a group debate within that field. The language that's used by the group is used in part to quickly convey information between insiders. But it's also there to keep the outsiders out. You know, that, that in-group who pretend to special knowledge, don't want some ignorant peasant blundering in there, someone who's not one of them, clumsily ambling around their special little world and upsetting their smug assertions about how clever they are by using common language to make things seem simple. Get rid of the nonsense words. Knock the bullshit off its stilts. Next, we agreed we should go wide. We should go off the syllabus if we're using one. We should ask them what they want to play. Find music and material that interests them. And ask them for any questions. And I mean any questions at all on any subject. Because when you do that, you're empowering them to be curious and you're firing off their imagination. If you answer one question and it sparks another one, have you got a problematic student? Or have you got a curious mind in front of you? I think you've got a curious mind, not someone who's trying to be difficult. And if they keep asking you why, and to explain it again, if they don't learn, it's not because they're stupid, it's because you haven't explained it in a way they can digest. Most of all, I think we should make it fun. I mean, for God's sake... This is supposed to be playful. 
Learning is a playful process. The clue is in the name when you're playing guitar, you're at play upon the guitar. So why isn't it fun for most people? As teachers, we should be making it fun for our students. We should be making it fun for ourselves. Because the bottom line really is this. If it's not fun for them, they won't want to come back. And if it's not fun for you to teach, every single day is going to be miserable for you. So stop being a douchebag. Go find a job that you enjoy and stop spoiling music, science, art, accounting or whatever else you teach for your students. If you're miserable when you're teaching, if you're boring, or if you're just going through the bloody motions when you're teaching, your students will learn that the subject you tried to teach them really isn't much fun, and you'll kill it for them. So bloody congratulations. Not only have you had a crappy day yourself, but you've also negatively impacted your students. You moron. Are you proud of yourself? Now, if they're lucky, they'll find a charismatic, creative and innovative teacher to nurse them back to life and help undo the damage you inflicted on them, if they're lucky. And if you're very, very lucky, you might get to be that charismatic, creative, innovative teacher for your students and your clients. Now, I don't know if I'm all that to all of my students. Maybe that's just a hope for me to live up to. All I know for sure is I'll be strapping on my red fender Telecaster again tomorrow and try my damnedest to do it a bit better than I did today. Just like I've been doing for the last 24 years. How about you? Let's talk about teaching. Let me know what you think. I'm here to learn. I'm here to help and I'm here to share what I've learned so far. I'd love to hear from you guys, so email me. It's info at neilcamado.com or find me on X where I am at Tutor Podcast. Now, if you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the podcast. And as always, I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas, more tips and all things to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business just like I love mine. Till next time, I hope this podcast has got you thinking and I hope it's been some help to you. Stay healthy. Stay useful. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.